Uh, this is Ray, and you're listening to the Drunkard United Football Show, and I rather root for the damn toffees than those stupid-ass gunners. And hearing Ray say that for a second time in a row uh, still holds true that, yes, in fact, he'd rather be a toffee than a, uh, a stupid-ass uh, gunner there, Sammy. Yeah, well, none of us are anything at the moment, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. So uh, here we go with uh, the good old take two of the Drunken United Football Show. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston. And across the way from me is the two-time and Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks, buddy. How are you? Ah, this feels like deja vu all over again, doesn't it, my friend? Yeah, I mean, you said this is the first time that's ever happened off air, and uh, it's the first time it's ever happened to you all. I've had to re-record a show before with Russ and Rob while you all were on vacation. Um, a little behind the curtain uh, while uh, Mel was taking a nap, still kind of recovering from from being sick. Uh, Russ called her on her phone, and I answered. And uh, oh, did he? Um, let me just say, Russ mm. was calling to gloat. <laughs> hmm, not easy when you lose a show, is it? Huh? How about that? <laughs> I am so glad you intercepted that call because I might have had a few choice words. For Mr. P2. Oh, yeah. That was, it was pretty fantastic. He was very smugly happy, which is funny because he's like one of the nicest people in the world, and there's very rarely ever like kind of a smugness out of him. So to hear him be just be like, hmm, surprising. Somebody had a mistake. Man, doesn't that suck? I was like, ooh. I mean, look at you, Russell. <laughs> I, Isolation's got Mr. Russell kind of spicy. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I've just been sick for five days and barely holding it together, and I haven't had alcohol or anything else. Whatever you got to tell yourself, sweetheart. Sobriety. Hit, do me a favor. Not do me a favor. You're already talking too much. Why don't you hit that mute button? We're recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and most importantly, share with a friend. Now, should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. <clears throat> Sorry, you caught me in the middle of a sip there. Yeah, no um, shit. <laughs> it's at D Football Show. Uh, on all of the uh, social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and then at gmail.com to get in touch via email uh, if you'd like to do it that way. Excellent, excellent. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry, both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, we were drinking some whiskey last night. What whiskey are we drinking tonight since we're doing it again? So I just pulled out a kind of a basic bottle because the, um, excuse me, I need actually needed that sample bottle, to be honest with you, what I was drinking last okay, night true. to sell it whenever I go back out on the street. So I've got a uh, Redemption Rye here. Um, 92 proof uh, on this one runs you between $24.99 and $29.99 on the shelf. Just a straight rye whiskey, um, age two years old. Uh, and basically just ticks every box that a rye should be. Not going to knock your socks off. It's no whistle pig, uh, but it's a very good everyday rye whiskey. It's inexpensive. You know what? It hits. It ticks all the right prices. If you you know, we all would like to drink eighty dollars bottles of whiskey every day, but we can't. Sometimes you need a you know thirty dollars bottle of whiskey, and that's what it does, and it does the job. <laughs> yeah, I like to call these a lot of times Sunday through Thursday whiskeys. Right? Yeah, very affordable. Fair. You could drink them every night. To know, you know, come home from work, unwind, 
then you know Friday, Saturday, you break out the good stuff and pressure friends, all you know that. So yeah. well, this, is, this is one of my favorite Sunday to Thursday bottles. And one of the big, big notable differences is people will be like, okay, so why is that so inexpensive and something like Whistle Pig, you know, a bigger price point? Really, the biggest thing is 100% rye. You know, a, a Whistle Pig is a 100% rye. This is cut with a lot of corn. Corn's inexpensive. Well, this this one this one's actually 95.5. Oh, 95.5. Okay, wow, very good. Oh. But it's it's a major supplier with a boatload of money that bought a bunch of MGP juice. I ah, heard. Very good. All right. So um, me, I, I went uh, the route of scotch. Um, I did a single malt Irish last night. I'm doing a single malt. Um... <coughs> Ooh, Coleola. Yeah, Coleola. Sorry there. I just had to cough again. Allergies have been a motherfucker today. Um, this is the Gordon McPhail cask series. Um, so everything is a cask strength. And what they'll do is, is they'll get a popular brand, say like in this case of Calilia, they've done McAllen, they've done Glen Rothis and things like that. Um, they get a barrel from them, but they bottle it and sell it at an age that's not common for the brand. So this is an 11-year-old whiskey that is at barrel right. proof. So it's from 2005 and then being, barreled, uh, being bottled 11 years later. The idea is uh, they're able to do something unique with a distillery that people know but also doesn't kind of infringe upon what the style of those whiskeys are. Uh, so the, I didn't check the uh, proof on this bad boy. I'm at 54.4. So about a buck nine, buck 10, right around there. Um, there you go. <coughs> uh, but big Isla whiskey. That's what Caliolias are, man. This is big, smoky, um, not as band-aidy as say like a Lafroig or a, L- a Lagavulin is. This is a little more campfire smoky. Um, right. not, not the, not the biggest of the Ilo whiskeys, but still got that big, uh, kick in the pants as bottle run you about a buck 25 on, on the shelf. All so, right, cool. all right, buddy. Well, let's have ourselves a good show. Yeah, let's do it. There we go. Cheersing ourselves from across the interways. Um, we have to do <clears throat> league owners met this weekend and, uh, I was quite excited, thought maybe they would uh, give us something to talk about there, Sam. You know, a few talking points, we'd be able to do a pretty entertaining show talking about what the FA had to say. You know what they had yeah. to say? Fuck all. That's exactly what they had to say. Fuck Absolutely all. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely nothing. So they had a being... conference call to say, no new developments. Yep, to say, fuck all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, great, That that's awesome. Good yeah. job, boys. Thank you. Well, well fucking done. Right. Yeah, um, bullshit. But uh, so that being said, I figure we'll uh, go back to fantasy land again, Sam. We uh, we did the bottom uh, six clubs when we like did each of their schedules broken down and then kind of said, hey, this is how we think it's going to shape out for everything. Um, yeah. What I figure we do here is just kind of go right down from the top down to the bottom. We'll just at the end, we won't discuss it. We'll just say who, you know, 16, uh, 15 through 20 were because we've already done that already. But just to refresh everybody's memory. So let's go ahead and start right off at the top. I think we're both in agreement. I think we both already know the answer. As much as it pains me to say, Liverpool wins the league. Yeah, definitely. There's no question in my mind. They are a whopping 25 points ahead with just uh, – well, City's got a game in hand, but they still only have 10 games left. Yeah, 25 points out. Liverpool basically have to lose every match from yeah. here on out, and City have to win every game yeah. um, to overtake them, essentially. I know that's not the exact numbers, but essentially. Yeah. And that's just not going to fucking yeah, happen. Yeah, City's got t- uh, 10. Everybody else has nine, right? I think that's the way it, it's. Uh, City, Arsenal, Villa, and Sheffield all have a and game in Sheffield's hand, United, and everybody yeah. else has yeah. nine games left. It just, it's not going to happen. It, it, 
it needs to be a combination of not just uh, um, City winning, but Liverpool needs to lose as well as City is winning for them to make up that kind of ground, and it's just not going to happen. Uh, the funny part right. is, is this is no better than Blackburn. They weren't able to win more than one trophy. It'll, I mean, granted, for them, it's the big one, and it's been 30 years in the making, and they've been needing to do this. But they're out of Champions League. They went out in Champions League, frankly, in embarrassing fa- fashion. And, yeah. uh, and they didn't take the FA or the League Cup seriously. They played their kids throughout, and, and the League Cup got their asses handed to them by Villa. Well, the League Cup wasn't their fault. That one in particular was not their fault. The FA Cup totally was their fault. Yeah. But the scheduling conflict with, UA, with, uh, with FIFA um, for the Club World Cup was absolutely right. ridiculous. They had the League Cup game on the Wednesday, but they were due to play in the Club World Cup on the Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. They in, did win that. In Dubai or Istanbul or whatever. Yep. So it's like, and they did go win that competition. So, but they had to take their first, queen, first team squad to do so. Yeah, the, um, uh, the competition that, remember, back in the day, they said meant nothing. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, Club World Cup means everything. The time, well, remember, after you, they, Istanbul when they, lost, when they won the Champions League but then lost the Club World Cup, they were like, ah, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's not important. Yeah, of course not. But at the time, they didn't have a German in charge. And I'll <laughs> make that joke to the day I die. World domination is on, of the utmost importance. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, how, how do you rate, I mean, what do you, what do you think? I mean, does it? Do you, are you in agreement with me? This just kind of feels like Blackburn. They, I think. No, I think it's worse than Blackburn. I think it's worse than Blackburn. I, uh, I I told you when what I thought was on air last night when um, <laughs> gotcha, Mel. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the um, and for I me, we were this allies. is. <laughs> I got to get one in on you every now and again. This uh, this is worse than Blackburn. Uh, everyone knew that Blackburn spent every dime they had, and that was going to be the only time it happened. That was a Leicester scenario, right? Right. And Leicester didn't even have that kind of money. They just happened to click at the right time. Right, and um, everybody else it, faltered it, at the right time. Yeah, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing for them. And, yes, it's not the Premier League, but if you just take first-division titles, um, Liverpool have the second most in, in England. They they are supposed to be there thereabout year in year out. It's it's a shame that they've gone thirty years without one for their supporters after you know having the record for so long. And it's taken you know twenty eight years or whatever twenty seven years for them to lose that record uh, while they had that drought. Right. You know. So, but this isn't new to them. This isn't a once in a lifetime thing for them to win a top flight. Um, yes, obviously, again, it's their first Premier League, and that's important and, and good for you and blah, blah, blah. But you're a big enough club. You should have done this already. You're probably going to do it again. And if it wasn't going to be this year, it would have been in three, five, six, seven, yeah, in the 10, next, 12 in, years. In the next few you, years, it would have happened. You, you would have gotten one. So I would argue it's worse than Blackburn. It's less of an achievement. Um, it's definitely worse than then uh, United's treble winning side went in three and one, a domestic treble last year from City. Um, even the two doubles that Arsenal won. Um, it's <coughs> worse than both of those, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, precisely. Um, so moving on to second place, uh, who you got? I'm going City. It's got to be City, uh, hands down. Yeah. And they've got a, I mean, besides the Arsenal game, they've got a relative, relatively easy schedule anyway. Yeah, and and with Leicester, I mean, the only team Leicester can apparently score on is uh, is um, Aston Villa. 
Um, other than that, they've been having a hard, a really hard go at getting goals lately. I just don't see where Leicester's going to be able to catch uh, City. I think City's just going to run away. Um, but that also being said, I also don't think Leicester's going to falter. I think Leicester's going to finish in third as well. You got to think, with City's game in hand over Leicester, they're already four points clear. That would put them seven points clear. The game in hand is against us. And while we seem to have turned the corner a little bit in some of our performances, we're not good enough to beat Manchester City. No. So not, you have to right imagine, now. yeah, you have to imagine City wins that game and puts themselves seven points clear. And I don't think Leicester has enough in the tank to catch them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, that being said, their goal scoring drought, though, um, Jamie Vardy came back before he was fully fit. Now I think with this period of being off, I think that he's going to be, um, I think he's going to be fully fit and firing, and and I don't think they're going to have much of a problem with that anymore. Yeah, I to agree. Be, to be I completely honest, very much agree. So um, now, I mean, obviously the surprise is ruined for both of us, but we both agreed with the same thing last night with uh, who we thought was going to finish in fourth place, and it's not who people would think it is. Sammy, who did you nope. have finishing in fourth place? Uh, I think Manchester United is going to do it. I had the exact same thing. What's your thoughts on that? How come? Chelsea's just so inconsistent. Uh, number one. And it's not like they've been able to take this time off and train together and get better um, and get more consistent and get more used to each other. They haven't been able to do that. Uh, Bruno Fernandes took an already fractured Manchester United team, so they didn't even need to train together anyway, and made it, made it work, made it gel, and did what Paul Pogba was supposed to do. Right. Um, what, I had wrote, so, what I had wrote down um, was uh, Bruno, an old United charm, leaving all of us, including United fans, all scratching our heads saying, how the fuck did they finish in the Champions League spot? Yeah, especially with the Norwegian gym teacher in charge. Apparently, whatever he's doing is working. It hasn't been pretty, but it's working. And now we can also very easily say that a lack of competition in the league has made it so that a probably subpar team can finish in fourth place. You know, or, you know, we won't call them subpar because subpar would be somebody that's in the middle of the pack. Well, let's say it's a um, um, a team not playing up to expectations, you know? Yeah. You know, if it was yeah, if, you know, a, a flawed side, like United has flaws, Chelsea has flaws, you have flaws, Tottenham has flaws. It's like whoever it was that would end up in that spot, they're, it's a flawed club. Like they haven't had the best of years. So it, but it just yep. seems, it well, seems I mean, like the chips like are going to fall into like place for United. Yeah, no, you're, like any other top club, you take a bunch of money and just throw it at a Portuguese player and hope for the best. <laughs> uh, City, City did it with um, uh, Bernardo Silva. Uh, United did it years ago with Cristiano. Real Madrid did it with Cristiano from United. <laughs> Juventus just did it with Cristiano from Real Madrid. Yeah, precisely. Um, so Manchester United went out, and got themselves their own Portuguese, uh, another Portuguese, uh, you know, soon to be legend, I'd imagine, and um, and it's working <laughs> out for them. We did it with Andres Gomez, but apparently, uh, you know, the most wonderful, celebrated man in the world, young son, uh, you know, it kicked him in his leg, and that's broke it, his ankle, and that's what fucked our entire season. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Anywho, so Chelsea in fifth place, right? And you took too long to get rid of. Marco Silva. Yes, very true. Be honest. Uh, another another Portuguese person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Portuguese coaches. It's a Portuguese player. So Chelsea then in fifth. Do you think they're able to hold off Wolverhampton and Spurs and uh, Arsenal? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you could make a case uh, that the inconsistent – I mean, they both – Wolves and Chelsea both have the same record over their last six, three wins, three, uh, three losses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of being that and Chelsea being five points clear, I think Chelsea hangs on to that fifth-place spot. That's I, I agree with that too. And – and also, let's face it, Wolverhampton's uh, also focused on Europa right now, where they're they're having right. success. They're they're into the quarters. Like it's yeah, you've got a chance to fucking win this thing. And they came away yeah, with absolutely. a draw at Olympiacos, so it's in their it's in their court to fucking advance once that tournament starts to kick off again. Once um, it resumes, yep. Um, gotta gotta say, hats off to that club though, because my my thought process at the beginning of the season was is whenever somebody finishes in seventh, ultimately they have to start playing in July. The season becomes too daunting. All the competitions become too daunting. And trying to keep up with everything, it all starts to fall apart. And we've seen it happen. It happened with Southampton. It happened with Burnley last year. It's happened with Everton. Happens, pardon me, with everybody. And uh, Wolves started with a bunch of draws, but you know what they weren't doing? They weren't losing. And they've managed to put themselves right back in that situation again. So, uh, you know, credit to them. Very good season for them. Yeah, for sure. 13 draws on the year right now. They've got six losses and 10 wins. I mean, they that early part of the year was what they rattled off three or four draws to open the season up, and we're sitting dead last. And um, they finally got themselves going. They, they did enough to, to scrape some points and got through the group stages. And then in November, December, January, when there was no uh, Europa League going on, they picked up some points. They were doing very well. Um, so let's go on to 7th and 8th. We'll talk about them collectively because you and I have uh, the same two clubs, but just in opposite order. So who do you have finishing in 7th with your red-colored sunglasses? Well, actually, just looking at this, I, I, you know, last night when I was talking about it, I was also a little drunk. I didn't, I forgot that we had a game in hand, but again, it's at City. Uh, so you got to think we lose it, which means we're three points behind Wolves. I think we might actually be able to pip them for 6th. Okay. To be honest with you, okay. we're only three. We're only three goals behind them in terms of goal differential, uh, and they are tied with Tottenham on goal differential. So, so last night go you Ar- were. I'm gonna go. Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. Please say it. I'm gonna go Arsenal sixth, Wolves seventh. I'm sorry, Arsenal sixth, Tottenham seventh, Wolves eighth. Okay. All right. You. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna and, change it up. And you weren't drunk uh, tonight, so. Uh... Rose-colored glasses. Oh, boy. All right. Fair enough. I, I had uh, Tottenham finishing in seventh and uh, Arsenal finishing in eighth. Uh, I know Arsenal has been on a bit of a run, and they've been figuring out ways to win ugly, um, but I just don't think ultimately their defense is going to stop people from scoring goals, which would be their uh, their downfall. And although um, Spurs cannot score goals, Mourinho knows how to keep teams out of the net. So I feel like... In kind of a scrappy way, I had Spurs finishing over top of Arsenal. Um, but fair enough. So, But you've got Wolves falling all the way back to eighth. I think Wolves are sixth. I think Wolves get the uh, get one of the um, the Europa spots. Um, well, here, here's, here's the problem. Look at this. It, it's, it's very, very tight, right? Oh, it's Wolves incredibly tight. Sheff- Wolves and Sheffield are tied on 43 points. Tottenham's on 41. Arsenal's on 40. Behind that, you've got... Burnley at 39, Crystal Palace 39. I don't think either one of them is going to pick up that many more points to climb up into the challenges spots. And you're on 37, you know. You maybe have enough to get up into 8th, ninth kind of area. But beyond that, I don't know. The other question is, does Wolves drop enough points? I think we have enough in the tank with what we've been going on with Mikel Arteta and, and the way we've been playing the spirit 
and we didn't really get a chance to see that uh, that Argentinian kid um, defender that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the couple of games he played, he seemed pretty stoic and and calm and relaxed. Oh, the, game we, he, the game we saw live, he was fucking phenomenal. He was yeah, he was so the I, best I, player on the pitch next to uh, um, God the uh, Real Madrid guy you guys got right now. He had a hell of a game. Why am I forgetting Danny his name? Danny Sabios. Yeah, Sabios well, had well. Sabios had a great second half. Second half, yeah. yeah. But but so with with like I think we may have turned a little bit of a corner, and can pick those points up, you know. So it's and the goal differential is really tight. Like I said, Tottenham and Wolves are both on plus seven. Sheffield United's on plus five. We're plus four. So when those points start to stack up and they all you know come in that tight, that goal differential is like an extra point. <laughs> True. We all may finish on the same damn points, and then goal differential decides sixth through ninth. Yeah, Who knows? That could be the case. Um, in ninth place, uh, I think we both picked the same team. We both picked Sheffield. Um, yeah, I think Sheffield's going to drop off. I'm with you. Right, and it's not because they actually have we, – we talked about this before, the, uh, before everything crazy went down, but they actually have a pretty easy finish to the season, but there has to be something said about momentum and routine for a team like this. Because yeah. you're kind of you're kind of doing what you're doing off of guts and adrenaline and and a system and you're kind of like you know you're moving along quietly, just very stoically doing what you need to do to get the points and get the wins. This kind of a break completely throws a fucking wrench into the motor. I I mean it yeah, just absolutely. fucks it up big time. I mean the other thing was <laughs> they were just their whole system's based around being organized and showing a ton of heart and effort, right? Yeah. And that takes you a long way. We've talked about it many times. That takes you a long way. Give it your all and be organized. But at some point, you're going to have to actually do something. And that's when those top clubs can pick you off. Those and, top players can pick you off. Yeah. And now with having six, eight, 12, 16 weeks, who knows how long this goes. It's already been six. But, you know, eight, 12, 30 weeks to, to look look at tape, look at – how do we break them down? Where are their weak spots? Who, you know? And after not being around the lads for a long time, do you come back feeling the same way? Who knows what conversations they had about wages and stuff? Right. Does this guy buy in anymore? Does that guy buy in anymore? And you have one chink in that armor and you're fucked. Well, and it also comes down to like you're gonna you're gonna see some teams again that they're not gonna be surprised about what you what you have to offer. Like Everton, right. you play Everton yeah. again. Everton with Ancelotti, now at manager, aren't going to be fucking surprised at what you throw at them, you know? Some of these teams yeah. that are in the bottom that are fighting to stay alive are going to be quite ready for what Sheffield has to offer because they'll go, fine, we'll play it to a don't draw because that's a point, and that's, we'll, we'll take that. Where will Sheffield be able to find that goal? Will Sheffield, and, you know, it, like I said, I think that timing and momentum really does, does affect them, and it's not to take anything away from the blindingly remarkable season they've had. Cause I guarantee you both you and I had them going right the fuck back down, you know? Absolutely. And I guarantee you most people had them going right the fuck back down. And- 100%. And, and they, they performed admirably very well. The last thing I think the league needed was another goddamn Burnley though. <laughs> um, very true. But they were doing Burnley better than Burnley. Yeah, this season they have been. I mean, um, Burnley's gotten it back together, but yeah, I would I would definitely say Sheffield's been doing it better than they have. So uh, yeah, so but I think this is a club that could suffer from a sophomore hangover. Oh, uh, I agree. Next season, I agree. It's probably for the better, 
that they aren't playing European ball next year. It will probably yep, suit them definitely. better because then they could just focus on the league. Um, you've seen, yep. I mean, it, it Bolton, they ended up uh, going down the year that they were in Europe. You know, now exactly. great, the, no, the Stuart Holden injury didn't help them at all in that situation. And then eventually selling Cahill in the middle of that season didn't help them at all. Uh, you know, Gary Cahill. But, you know, yep. that's but you see that all the time. So, like I said, we, we've already said it. Saw it with Everton, saw it with Southampton, saw it with, I mean, everyone who does it runs into that trouble. And Sheffield would have definitely run into that trouble. So, yeah, sure. uh, 10th place. I think we both got the same club, um, Everton. Um Yep. Everton's Everton's not as good as the big clubs. We saw that uh, firsthand as they got uh, their asses handed to them by Chelsea. But they're also way better than the clubs below them. And I think they're going to win the games they need to win because they've got a manager that's going to keep them focused through the rest of the season and not have them going on to beach time. Not that beach time exists now anymore. I think when they come back and they're playing to empty stadiums, Carlo's going to have them on all cylinders and firing, you know? Yep. The beach time's happening in Florida. <laughs> well said. <laughs> you got me. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Fucking idiots. All right, so let's go ahead and go down the uh, bottom half of the table. Um, Going to be a lot of interchangeable parts here. I've um, I remember from last night, you and I kind of would take these teams and we'd, but with the next couple, be like, yeah, they could be in one position. One could guy be in front of one. One could be behind one. Pretty easy to figure out. Um, 11th place, uh, as I said last night, and I'll say it again, this is totally a heart bet. It's not a head bet. Um, I got Crystal Palace finishing in 11th. Um, that's where our boy Brad had them uh, finishing uh, this season. They've had a hell of a year. They figured it out. And uh, I think they're going to find out a way to figure out a way to have their best year in the Premier League and finish in 11th. Yeah, so I, being five points back, I don't think Southampton's going to be able to catch them. I don't think Newcastle has the goals to catch them. So I could definitely see them finishing in 11th. Uh, but them and Burnley had very similar form uh, when all this stuff stopped. Right. Uh, Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood are having the time to get fit um, again and maybe come back and start scoring some goals again. So I think that this could be kind of interchangeable, 11th and 12th, seeing as they're both tied on points both with a negative six goal differential. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Burnley Palace, 11 and 12, and that's, I mean, you could literally flip a coin. Right, and, and I have decide, Bal- and I have Palace and Burnley, so basically the right. same thing. Yeah. Um, we could say the same about the next two teams in um, in 13th and 14th with um, with Newcastle and Southampton, right? I mean. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I mean, they're, they're one point apart. Newcastle's on 35, Southampton's on 34. Southampton's minus 17, Newcastle's minus 16 on goal differential. Right. Same ex- same exact situation with them. Now, I did notice last couple of games before uh, before the, the stop happened, Danny Ings was not starting, and he was the one scoring all the goals for Southampton. Abs- absolutely the case. Wondering if there's so trouble that, in paradise. Yeah, that's going to be the big question is is have Ings and Hasenhutl fallen out, um, and – are they going to be able to rectify that situation and get Danny Ng firing again? Uh, it was funny. I was looking on Twitter, and uh, uh, shame on you, Tune Army as a whole. Um, there was links of Ings possibly going to Newcastle, and all of Tune Army going, no, no, we don't want him. We don't want him. I'm like, what? You don't want a guy who can sit in front of the goal and create chances and score goals? No. Why would you want that? 
Joe comma Linton is perfectly fine in that job, I guess, right? Because he does such an amazing job scoring goals for you, like all the time Joe Linton does, right? He's so amazing. So I, Danny Ings prior to coming to Southampton, obviously, and even during South, his time at Southampton had a very injury hit career. Right. Of course. This, this season, maybe season and a half going into last year, he's really found some consistency in his fitness. I think Newcastle fans may just be jaded to be honest with you after Andy Carroll and, you know, some of those injury hit strikers that they pick up. Why do we want somebody with that kind of track record? Uh, I mean, his track record right now is he's not getting hurt. You know, he was hurt like crazy. Really? He was hurt like crazy at Liverpool. It was at Liverpool that he was really hurt like crazy. Because before that, when he was at Burnley, he was consistent. Right. It seems like he's turned a corner from that time period. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know. I'm honestly, I would take Alan Shearer at the age he is now over Joel Linton. So if they're, they're pissed off about Danny Ings. They shut the fuck up. And especially with considering the two, um, the two wingers that they have, the creative forces they have in Almarone and uh, Saint Maximone. It's like, why Definitely. wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want a guy who just gets in front of goal and puts a foot on a ball and puts it in the back of the net? Absolutely. Yeah, Ings is your classic poacher goal scorer. Like that's yep. Sounds like it's exactly the guy you fucking need on that team. To be honest, you know. Yeah, and not even just that. I mean, he has taken picked up balls. You know, kind of halfway in the hole there, like halfway between midfield and, and, and the box and created stuff on his own. He had a couple of uh, smashed in goals from 25 out uh, recently and then some from the edge of the box where he just laced them and were fantastic strikes. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't want him. So um, I did forget to uh, bring up. Uh, we had a question from Ray that we'll go back to right at the end of this. But um, okay. so. The one thing that's worth noting with uh, both Southampton and Newcastle is there could be a slip, right? So we have them penciled yep. in at 13, 14th. They could slip. I don't think they slip to the point where they would end up being relegated. But to see one of them in possibly 16th or 17th place would not surprise me. There could be that no, kind of a yeah, slip. With, absolutely. But I think they have enough space to save themselves. they're both still not very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they're both not very good. So they could definitely, you know, they could lose a lot of three twos where they should have won. And Southampton at home is terrible this season. Absolutely deplorable this season. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. But I honestly, I think the lowest they'll finish, either one of them is 15. Because West Ham, Watford, and Bournemouth have all proven to be such garbage that I don't think they're going to be able to make up those five, uh, the uh, seven-point gaps, I'm sorry. Right. Um, that they have on them currently. So real quick, and then we'll get to Ray's question. The uh, the bottom six, just as a refresher for me, I had uh, uh, 15th Brighton Hovalbian, uh, 16th West Ham, 17th Villa, 18th Watford, 19th Bournemouth, and 20th Norwich. I believe you had Watford staying safe and West Ham going down in in, uh, in pretty much kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, I think that's right. And I knew we had to re-record today, and I still didn't go back and listen to it. Excellent. Well done. Good good preparation on your part. You know? Quality. It was, I, I do love the smug fucking nod of the head as as he likes to eat the iPad when we do these. So if you if you ever get a chance to see the Zoom, it's like I'm kind of back a little. Mel's kind of back a little. Sam is like right up on the camera. It is well, so pro- much of I, Sam yeah, Graham's sit- mug. The problem is I'm not at a proper desk. That's the first thing. So I have – it's like a – like a file cabinet, like a nice wood file cabinet. So I can't get my legs up under it, so I can't sit like normal. 
So if I were to actually sit back, this is what you would see. Aha. Very good. And I'm so far away from the damn thing. I don't even know if you can hear me right now. Um, yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. But you're, uh, you know what? I don't mind your big old mug. It's kind of, it's, it's adorable, Sammy. I like seeing so, his cheese eating grin. <laughs> yeah. So I just sit up, you know, elbows on the knees and I'm right up in it. All right, so here we go. Here's the question from Ray, and we meant to talk about it when we talked about Man United, and the first time we did this, we did, but somebody lost the show, and we had to re-record, so that's how it's going. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So from Ray, um, I know that football is on hold, uh, but there's a lot of chatter about upcoming transfer window and what it might look like, etc. Your thoughts on Sancho being signed by United. Also, um, how much do you think United will get from Pogba? And uh, I know it's not near enough what they paid for him. And then also, what about Kane? Do you think he makes the move to uh, United? And also, when do you think the season will resume? Um, I'm thinking sometime late May, early June will be the resumption of the season. What about you, Sammy, on that? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking mid-June, to be honest with you. Uh, and then again, the, the best idea I've heard is in the Midlands <laughs> doing that um, World Cup-style camps with each club. Um, basically, you come out of your hotel, straight into a bus, straight to the stadium, disinfect on your way back to the bus, Straight to the hotel in your hotel room. Yep, yep. So, um, Sancho, do you think Sancho ends up with United? Um, I know you and I had a little bit of a d- disagreement about it uh, last night. I tend to think he's going to end up back at City, but because uh, um, I just think City's going to come up with the money for him. But you were tending to think he might be end up being with United. Um, yeah. So I think United's going to have to prioritize one or the other, Kane or Sancho. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're more in need of a center forward, but I don't think, I still don't think he's going to end up at city. Um, I don't think he's going to be happy being a bit part player being so important for Dortmund uh, as young as he is and a hundred, a hundred thousand a week, you know, or so, um, I think he's going to cost more in the region of 150, 160,000 a week. Got now it. we know City with their with their oil rich owners and everything they could probably afford that. I read an article today which is actually good for this discussion um, that they think this summer's transfer window um, <laughs> is going to look very different to anything uh, that we've ever seen um, because clubs have taken such a financial impact from you, know, you see uh, uh, I think it's like ESPN Europe is withdrawing some funding from. Um, withholding their last payment from uh, Ligue 1. Uh, you see uh, NBC is talking about uh, holding some money back or asking for a rebate um, from the Premier League. Hmm. Uh, so a lot of the financial situa- uh, situations in these clubs is going to be very different. I think you'll see a lot of loans, and more so than ever, you'll see a lot of player swaps, which th- happens here in our sports. Uh, very not rarely happen. happens there. Yeah, Very rarely happens. And usually they toss in a player to sweeten the deal on top of sixty million, right? Uh, because they can't afford one hundred and twenty. You know what I mean? What happened with you guys in United for Sanchez? You got Mkhitaryan, well, exactly, yeah, and and uh, yep. and and they got Sanchez to kind of help with the the finances of of what um, uh, Sanchez's uh, wage bill was. Right. Exactly. So I um, that article <laughs> it was very interesting read, but they think that. A lot of these clubs aren't going to have the money. Right. I mean, we, we look at what happened in Scotland uh, this past week. We joked about it last week because Dundee United was holding out, 
trying to essentially broadcasting for bribes. Uh, but these clubs voted to end the league so they could get the prize money just so they could survive. Right. And you're going to see teams like Bournemouth, Burnley, teams that operate on not a great budget because they've got small stadiums. They don't really sell players on like that for a huge, huge amounts of money. I think you're going to see some of these teams really start to struggle financially, but they're still going to need to bolster their, their roster. So yeah. I think loan deals, I think player swaps, and I think that, that this particular transfer window is going to look very, very different. And again, that's all contingent that people can travel for their fucking medicals. Right, right. Now, <laughs> who knows if they can even go have their, their physical? True. Now, here's another thought then uh, going into Pogba and the sale of Pogba. I still think that he's going to garner that 80, 90 million. Um, it might be a little bit less. Do you think maybe um, Bale gets thrown in as a uh, piece of the pie to complete a deal like that with uh, United? Because they've been connected to Bale before and. You know, you're helping Madrid get rid of something they don't want, and uh, you're helping United get rid of something they don't want, and both players still have, uh, you know, gas in the tank and can prove something. Do you think that might could be a possibility? Um, I don't know about <laughs> Gareth Bale necessarily. Um, it's possible, but I think Bale's perfectly content playing golf and collecting 600000 a week. True. Um, I don't think he gives a shit. I think him and Mesut Ozil are in the camp of I'm a professional footballer that doesn't like to play fucking football. Right. One likes to play Fortnite. The other one likes to play golf. Yeah. So he's a scratch golfer, though. I mean, he's very good at it. Yeah. Um, one of the Gareth people, Bale. one of the places but I, I go, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it's, it's possible. Yes. And United have the money to pay his wages, especially if they can all float Alexis Sanchez when he comes back from loan <laughs> uh, from Inter, uh, who's on 500000 a week. So if they can get Pogba's – I think he's on 290, Paul Pogba, maybe 350, something like that. Mm -hmm. If they can offload him and his wages – now, I think it's going to be for less money, though. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Madrid comes in at $50 million plus Gareth Bale right. or $40 million plus Gareth Bale. If not, I think, you know, he's more in the 65, 70 range. I don't think they're going to get the 89 million pound they paid for him, though. Well, well, I also, think he's going to definitely fall short of that mark. Who fucking knows? Like with with the way things are going, you know, we're we're no better than the press in England right now with a dartboard and a couple of fucking darts, you know, to, to kind of 100 percent, the 100 percent. So the place I threw at you um, yesterday and you, you I mean, they do have some uh, some players that the coach has a little more faith in. But I thought would be a nice match for uh, Pogba would be go back to France and play for PSG. Simply because the person in front of him, uh, behind him, would be uh, Adrisa Gay, which Adrisa Gay, as we all know, is essentially Conte. Like he, the the year that Chelsea won the league, Gay was playing for Aston Villa, and he was second in all stats to uh, to Conte. Everything Conte led the league in, number two was Adrisa Gay, and at yeah. a place like PSG. That allows you the okay. We've got the hard nosed holding defensive midfielder that can take care of everything while Pogba can then just go be a creative box-to-box -box guy and just let him fucking go. I think the only reason he would go back there, and I did not bring this up last night, is he's seen what Neymar can do what he wants and yeah. get away with it, still be in the team, still he just runs the show. Yeah. That'd be the only reason. And Pogba's uh, a Frenchman, so he would really get away with it. Right. Um, I think, though, uh, him and Thomas 
Tuchel would butt heads tremendously. Um, I don't think Thomas Tuchel really plays the style of football that Paul Pogba needs to be a decent player. Um, I think Zizou would be better suited as a coach for Paul Pogba. Probably. Uh, and and also, there's a ready-made, you know, you still have uh, Marco Verratti, and uh, I can't remember the other dude in the center midfield for PSG off the top mm-hmm. of my head for some all of a sudden. But um, but there's, I think, too much competition for places. Uh, when Fred first came over, he was shit. And Pogba was the first name on the team sheet, and Fred couldn't get a sniff. And it was just easy for him, and he got complacent. Now, all of a sudden, Fred's playing well, and Paul Pogba has been injured all season. Right. Air course. quotes around that. Um, but Luka Modric is aging. So he goes to Madrid. He's a number one, and he's not really being challenged. And I think the coach suits him better. And the spotlight at Real Madrid is much bigger than the spotlight at PSG. Uh, and then you have the uh, the German. I mean, um, right. uh, the the German midfielder with um, Madrid, who's also starting to get up there in years too. Tony Cruz. Cruz. Tony yeah. Cruz. Yep, Cruz. But you're in, in Real Madrid. You're basically on the Vegas Strip, right? Right. In PSG, you're in <laughs> Reno. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I was just trying to think of other options than Madrid, but I mean, it could be as just blanketly obvious as Eden Hazard was last year. It was like he's going to fucking Madrid. It's going to fucking happen. Um, yeah. So the last one, and let's try to make this quick and then get to uh, um, prediction time. Um, Harry Kane, I think, although United and Spurs do not like to do business together, I still think the deal's going to get done because ultimately, Manchester United wants England's number one at the top of their fucking striker system, scoring goals for them. Yeah, it's what it's what that it's it's what Bob Woodward uh, jerks off at night about is having like Ed, England's Ed. number wood. I'm sorry, yeah, Ed Woodward jerks off at night thinking about having Harry Kane being the number one striker for that club. I think he's he's a a, a masochist. Ed Woodward. Mm-hmm. He just loves getting his feet held to the flames and transfer deals and oh. Overpaying shit, getting raped by agents yeah. for ridiculous contracts and all the like. Um, I think this is one of the most interesting deals that could get done because I think it'll see Anthony Martial go the other way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think player. you'll see. I think you'll see Marcus Rashford on the left. Came through the middle. If it gets done, came through the middle, and um, and Dan James out on the right hand side. Yeah, uh, with Bruno Fernandez in the hole. Yep. So I could honestly, I could see Anthony Martial plus uh, 60, 70 million, um, maybe a little more than that, even maybe 80, 90 million plus Martial. Yeah. And if one club will come through this with money, it's Manchester fucking United. Yeah, they'll have money on the other end. And uh, and Martial, honestly, that would be a good move for him over to Spurs. I think he would fit. He already got along pretty well with. Um, well, no. Never mind. He didn't get along very well with uh, Jose Mourinho. But Jose Mourinho always likes to take back projects and suddenly be uh, friendly with them again. <laughs> right. So you see that happen, right, also. Mm-hmm. But then what, what? the biggest thing that will happen is Daniel Levy will take that 90 million quid, stuff it away, make sure he gets paid another 3 million pound bonus, not by anyone else. Martial is not going to score for three games. And Jose season three will start – at the beginning of season two. Heard. And uh, and Jose will have that, his meltdown. That's it. That is a hot take. <coughs> okay. Very good. Sam Graham's hot takes, everybody. 
It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. If only we were betting on the Belarusian League every week. Sammy, how'd you do on your bet? I won. Again, plus 345 last week. The Slutsks are getting it done for you, aren't they? FC Slutsk. Ride that Slutsk train, my friend. All right. So you picking them again this week? Who are they playing? Oh, I'm picking them deep this week. They are play- This one's fun to say, too. Oh, hold on. I can't see it. I can't see it from that angle because their name's so goddamn long. Give me one second. I got to back out of it now. <laughs> the first the first word is FC Belshina. Mm-hmm. And the second word is Bobrusk. FC Belshina Bobrusk. Belshina Bobrusk. Bobrusk. Heard. Yeah. B-A-B-R-U-I-S-K. Bobrusk. Heard. Heard. Very nice. It, fun to say, though. So what's... Uh, uh, I have... I have uh, FC Sluts winning again. We're going to keep it going. And I've got uh, the game in general being balls deep, if you will, uh, at over two and a half goals uh, total in the game. So we've got FC Sluts to win Sunday morning at 7 a.m., over two and a half goals in the game. So that's three or more for uh, if you're keeping count at home at plus 220. Very nice. Very nice. The top of the table, FC Slutsks. Correct. As the oldest, the oldest um, profession in the world. I was waiting Top of the for, Belarusian list. I was waiting for him to make that I one. I was going, he's riding the Slutsk train. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. Like the old uh, godfather from yes. uh, WWF back then. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and get into our degenerate because our degenerate went deep this week. And now. It's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. All right, blind pickings. Okay, I've established Belarus isn't in Russia. And betting <laughs> on Dynamo Minsk is a sure thing. So they play some team, uh, Slamaki dash Stai. I still can't believe that that's not Russian. So I'll put 105 <laughs> down for them to win uh, 100 at minus a half a point. So they just got to win by a goal. Now, that would be good, but... I give you more. See, he's doing the little chick- kitty the chicken bit there. Uh, here is a list of blindly picking the rest of the games at $25 a pick. What? That's right. Pat is picking the entire weekend, $25 bet on each one. Wow. So he just has the winner. He now, he, yeah, go ahead. Now he, normally, he normally <laughs> actually bets his bet. Yeah, yeah, he regularly does, yeah. yeah. Is he really doing this? I don't know. I'll have to ask. He could very well be. I mean, he, he's I getting mean, the shakes, dude. It's like it. detoxing. He's, he's he's flush. He's sitting on money right now. So why not? <laughs> like, well, that's that's true. He hasn't spent the money on on the tournament because the tournament didn't happen. Right. As long as his book is uh, taking the bets, I mean, fucking place them. So all he did was pick the team. So I'm just going to tell you the team that he picked and know that he's doing a twenty five dollar bet. So um, go for it. He's oh doing uh, Neiman Newman. Grundo uh, at plus 200. Uh, Salvia, <laughs> even. You know, uh, what is that? Stavia. Um, uh, Dynamo Breast. I mean, Dynamo Breast uh, at even. Uh, Bait Beresov at uh, even. Uh, Christ, it's Bate. Jesus Bate, Christ. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> um, I, settle down. Is this your transfer window? Let me fuck up the fucking Eastern European names, okay? Dynamo, Thank you very much. Dynamo Breast sounds like an old uh, glow wrestler from back in the day. Oh, it definitely does. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, she wrestled the marvelous uh, uh, Mula, was it? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so uh, Islach for uh, plus 105. 
Uh, he's taking the sluts at uh, minus one forty, and uh, the torpedoes Over. and the tor- uh, the torpedoes at uh, minus one fifteen. He says, "Have a great week, and talk to you from the basement, and see how I did on Saturday." Oh, he didn't bet rub breast. He, um, you're 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 getting ahead of yourself there because. Um, I believe on Monday you were telling me you wanted me to bet. And I'm like, no, I don't bet. I have someone to bet in my proxy. Big Sam. Taylor's. Lock of the week. That's right. Taylor got in and he's placing a bet. And he's doing it in my proxy because we are kindred spirits. And I know that 20% of the time, Taylor's going to get it right. 100% of the time, baby. All right. Also, I wish I knew about this feature before we started. Since you guys have been asking for bets lately, I thought I'd uh, help a brother out and put my knowledge to the Belarusian Premier League to the test. <laughs> truth, be, awesome. truth be told, I've always been a breast man. Um, and the only thing better than one breast is two. So while one of the city's team is Dynamo Breast, I've got to go with breast for no other reason than because <laughs> of a sight of a breast. That is usually my reaction is yes, R-H- R U H breast. Therefore, I've got a hundred on breast Kagistani striker Vladislav Valjekiv to to uh, get off the mark and score at any time on Sunday at third place Torpedo Belaz Zodino, and that's going to net me a cool thirteen hundred. High five, great success, the Kagistani. We'll score the goal, make the country very proud, very proud. You like me, I like I do you. Yeah, you like me, I be your friend, I be your boyfriend, yes. What else is Kazakhstan known for? They are the number one uh, exporter of potassium, if you must ask, my good friend. Why, yes. (laughs) And also, they have the, the cleanest prostitutes in the region. That is very important to know. And apparently, and, and an obsessive love with uh, with um, Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> you know what else they're known for? What else are they known for? Paying off UEFA to get the Europa League final. Played uh-huh. at 11 p.m. local time. <clears throat> Go ahead. Keep pitching about it. Yep, I mean, still both, upset. Both, both teams showed up. One of them just happened to kick the shit out of you. Well, one of them, oh. their best, best player at the time. Their best player at the time was Belgian, and the health minister from Belgium had to ban orgies. So he he's used to being up late, I'd imagine. Heard. <laughs> I would imagine orgies um, would require several people in a non-hygienic environment. That definitely is a COVID and STD well. So, um, so Yeah, but I don't know anybody having lunchtime orgies. So what I'm saying is, is he's used to being up late. So at the time, last year... <laughs> So besides this very, very bitter tea you have, Sam, um, do you have any other parting words for us? Um, uh, I do, actually. Oh, what? I would say we no. have a bad movie recommendation, speaking of orgies. Oh, yeah. We watched a terrible <laughs> movie today. We discovered on Netflix a 2011 gem that we didn't know existed because it shouldn't what? called A Good Old Fashioned Orgy. Starring Jason Good old fashioned Sudeikis. American orgy. I'm sorry, a good old fashioned American orgy. Yeah. Starring Jason Sudeikis. And all kinds of people Lake you Wilson, know. Uh, Nick Kroll, Tyler, Tyler Labine. Labine's in it. Yep. Yep. The whole bunch wow. of people that Ed you would Fort. see and you go, oh, I know them. Oh, Will Fort. Will you Fort. You'd be like, I know them. I know that person. I know that person. Like the whole cast. It was American Pie, but for 30 year olds. 30 year olds shouldn't terrible. have an American should Pie it. movie. 
You know, no, just no. It should be twenty-year-olds yeah, that have an American Pie movie. It's absolutely terrible and absolutely worth watching if there's nothing else on television. Yeah, just made me giggle. Made her giggle too. Yeah. So, um, go ahead, Sammy. Parting words. Uh, yeah, actually, a very cool thing that came up um, uh, today. Actually, we were sent from our bosses. I sell Rika vodka, which you all know. Uh huh. Um, Icelandic vodka. Yeah. So they're doing something very cool amidst all this uh, all this craziness uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, you post on Instagram, tag at Rika Vodka um, on Instagram and use the hashtag Rika Beard. Okay. B-E-A-R-D, Rika Beard. Mm-hmm. Um, they will then donate $5 a post, one, one per person per week. They will donate $5 for that post uh, to a fund to help bartenders put out by this crisis. Oh, very cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So they're, uh, everybody can't go to the barbershop. You can't go to the salon. You can't get your stuff done. So uh, they're asking everybody to do essentially a Movember, uh, no shave November, ditch the razors, grow your beards. Um, if you look online, you will find the, uh, the different themes of the week because you can dress your beard up. Um, this first week is Viking beard. So the longer you have it, the better chance you have. Uh, there are um, prizes at the end of it. They've got. Uh, they'll put. A, they'll pick two. Uh, people will. Vo- uh, they'll. They'll vote for the beard of the week. Top two get it. Uh, first place is a hundred dollar Drizzly gift card or a rank of bartending kit if Drizzly is illegal where you live. Um, and second place is a beard of the week T-shirt. So very cool. Um, yeah, check it out. I'm going to post mine on the show's page uh, when I figure out what the hell I can get the stuff in here to make it a Viking beard. Um, but I will not be shaving until we open for business again. So um, in honor of this and to help <laughs> bartenders out. But make sure you tag Rika Vodka at Rika Vodka on Instagram. You can do your story or a post uh, and then hashtag Rika Beard, B-E-A-R-D. And Rika is spelled R-E-Y-K-A. Yep. Um, but just a very cool little initiative to help bartenders out. And five bucks a post can really that's make some a, traction. That is a huge, huge donation. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Very cool. And just a, a fun thing to do. Why not? You know, your wives might be pissed at you uh, if you're clean shaven, but so what? Um, I'm sure you're mad that she can't. Her roots look like fucking hell anyway. So hey. Uh, hey. she could take one back. I I am in solidarity with the economy. I am not ordering in like an at-home home coloring, hair color, blah, blah, blah. I am waiting until my girl Stephanie is back at work, and I don't care how much gray shows up. Very good. Very good. Oh, um, so since, uh, since there isn't, we aren't getting ready to do injury time, because let's face it, we already did it yesterday. Oh, wait. Yeah, I um, wasn't done. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Wash your fucking hands. Oh, very good. <laughs> All right. Stay home. So what um, What we talked about last night, and we'll go ahead and talk about now to close out the show. Listeners of the show, we definitely want to hear from you next week. We're going to try to uh, incorporate a Zoom call-in so that you can uh, be on the show. But the main thing, we're going to uh, talk about the potential Newcastle takeover and the, uh, the new owners that could very well be taking over the team. Um, we, we joke about, uh, you know, what a piece of shit Mike Ashley is, but, um, he's, he's not a bad, ultimately a bad person. Uh, there's some bad fucking people about to take over this club. Some very, 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 very bad fucking people. 
Now, I mean, there, there are varying <coughs> degrees of bad, be honest. Mike yeah. Ashley is a bad person. That's true. But, but these people are rapists and murderers. There's, yeah. So they're worse. Yes, they're worse. But Mike Ashley is a bad yeah. person. Mike Ashley is a bad person because he's a fucking asshole <laughs> and he's a twit. I'd argue this makes Mike Ashley even worse to knowingly sell them to them. Yeah, and well, and then also just looking at the uh, the the English government allowing this potential sale to happen. Like, you're allowing... People that have done some pretty fucked up shit to own a, a legal business in your country. Um, so yeah, the English have also done some pretty fucked up shit. Next week, um, sorry. <laughs> <coughs> next week, next week. Honestly, guys, no holding back. Um, I, I want to do like a really um, deep dive and have a really serious conversation. I know we typically just kind of joke around and fuck off and have fun. But um, I want to go ahead and have a, a deep conversation about this. I'm calling out all all of Toon Army that listens to this show. Anybody with Toon Army, we're definitely going to schedule to have uh, Alan, Alan Alan on. Um, but like Keith, if you want to call in, we would love to hear from you as well. Um, we, we want points of view, and also just people who are opinionated as far as you know, just you know, life in general, or <coughs> yeah, absolutely, politically I mean, we as well. We wouldn't mind hearing from Sheffield fans. They're owned by some shoddy individuals as well. Yeah. Sheffield, um, fans? Sheffield United got Sheffield United got bought by by some Middle Eastern money. Ooh. Um yeah. So if your club is owned by a cunt or potentially being sold to a cunt, <laughs> get in touch at the <laughs> D Football Show on all the social medias. At dfootballshow@gmail.com. I don't. That is the best solicitation I've ever heard. Graham. I was gonna say I don't think I could do it much better myself. So everybody, till next week. Good night. Sorry, the tyrant is done now.